God is. Hallelujah. I want to thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're joining us from, I want to let you know that we love you with the love of God. And welcome to Jesus Christ is the Answer Ministries. And I'm going to go right straight to the Word so that we can hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church today. Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 5 from verse 16 and 17. Galatians chapter 5 from 16 and 17. Galatians 5, from 16 and 17, is going to be our reading for today. The title of the sermon today is, The Life of the Son Through the Lens of the Spirit. The Life of the Son Through the Lens of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. And last week we had an awesome time in prayer with our sister Eva. We thank God for you, Eva. May God continue to use you mightily and continue to, to supply His Spirit even as you continue to do the work of the ministry in prayer. So we thank God for you. That was an awesome time that we had in prayer. And uh, I remember when she started, she said that there is breaking news in the house. I love that. There was breaking news in the house. Do you remember what the breaking news was? Come on, tell me what the breaking news is. God is still in control. Hallelujah. I know in the West Coast, it is burning up, but God is still in control. That is the news. Put that in your heart that God is still in control. Whatever valley you are, announce that breaking news to your situation. My God is still in control. Hallelujah. That was awesome. We thank God. Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 5 from 16, verse 16 and 17. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. The life of the Son through the lens of the Spirit. And I read, This I say then, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Let's pray for the Word today. Father, we thank you for your Word. Thank you because this Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that this word, it cuts, it divides. This word strengthens, Almighty God. So whatever this word needs to do in us, Almighty God, we are submitting ourselves under the word of the living God and under the spirit of the living God. That, Lord, you may do that which you want to do. And, Lord, open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, even in this time and in this hour, Almighty God. For our desire, Almighty God, is to live for you and to honor you and to glorify you with our very lives, Almighty God. I'm praying for spirit of unity and oneness. I'm praying, Almighty Father, my God, that you're going to bring soundness of mind and clarity, Almighty Father, my God, to your word, Almighty Father, my God, that understanding will flow, flow freely and your spirit, Almighty Father, will amplify this word and give us the understanding we need, Almighty God, that we may grow thereby. We love you, we thank you, and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray and we believe. Amen, amen. The life of the Son through the lens of the Spirit. But before I go on, I want to thank Samson also for setting everything up, continue to do the faithful work. I remember the first day that Samson had to do this work. It was tough. You, you stayed up for a long time, right? Trying to get this together. But he didn't quit. He kept at it and kept at it, got some help, and got it done. And so we thank God for, for Samson and how God is using you even to set uh, everything up with the live stream. Amen. Amen. The life of the Son through the lens of the Spirit. I know this year you heard a lot about essential and non-essential. You heard that a lot this, this year, right? For me, it was difficult to reconcile the two because I was looking at it from different perspectives because some people who their jobs and their businesses were deemed non-essential, I looked at it like, 
well, maybe to their houses, it was essential. Because those businesses were essentially putting food on the table. Those jobs were helping to put food on the table. So when your job is called non-essential, you can, you, there's a way you can take that personally, right? Because suddenly now we started grouping ourselves. Are you essential or non-essential? <laughs> that became the categorization, the labels now. Are you essential or non-essential? Is your business essential or non Is your job essential or non-essential? And from there we got to, you know, it's like we started to classify. And it's difficult to classify people when we don't understand the full story about their life. Hallelujah. And sometimes the word essential can be used maybe loosely. But today I want to use it seriously when we talk about the life of the Son through the lens of the Spirit. Because you see, the one essential thing that you need in the Christian life is the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the essential that every believer needs to be able to live the Christian life successfully. Hallelujah. I don't believe that Jesus died on the cross so that we can fail in our faith. I believe that when Jesus died on the cross, because he had promised to send another helper, which was the Holy Spirit, the intention was that the Spirit of God living in us will be what we needed to be able to successfully and victoriously live the Christian life here on earth. Hallelujah. Now when we talk about the life of the Son, I had asked a few people some questions because the question that came up to me when I was preparing was, why did Jesus need the Holy Spirit? But it was made clear to me that Jesus did not need, really need the Spirit because He is the Spirit. Hallelujah. But in order for us to be able to learn how to live a life that is fully dependent on God, Jesus exemplified what it means to live a life depending on the Spirit of God while He was here on earth. Hallelujah. And this is what I want us to see today because if we can see how Jesus did it, I'm praying that it will cause us to have a deeper yearning and a hunger for the Spirit of God to lead us, to direct us, to move us, and for us to obey and to follow Him. Hallelujah. Now here in our text we find the Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Galatia. And he's telling them to walk in the Spirit. Now the church in Galatia was having some issues. The church in Galatia, in essence, were losing their shape. Okay? They were losing their shape because remember in Galatians chapter 3, Paul even begins by saying, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? I mean, as if the word foolish is not bad enough. You're going to come back and talk about being bewitched. The reason why he was telling them that was because they had begun in the spirit. But now they were trying to be made perfect in the flesh. It's like they were trying to live their Christian life without the spirit of God leading them and guiding them and directing their lives. And so when Paul sees this, he is perplexed because he understands the only way to live the Christian life the right way is not through the flesh. It is by the Spirit of God. And the Galatians were losing their shape. They were losing their shape because of false teachers. They were losing their shape because they were trying to go back to the law. Hallelujah. And I believe there are a lot of people 
there are some ways that you can find yourself losing your shape. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about your physical shape. I'm talking about your shape internally. Hallelujah. Losing your emotional shape because of the things that are taking place around you. Losing your financial shape because you've been deemed non-essential. Hallelujah. Losing your shape mentally because of all the pressure that is coming your way. And here is where Paul wants to come in and say, I don't want you to lose your shape. Why? Because the Spirit of God is available as an essential part of your life to help you not only maintain your shape, but to be able to live a life that reflects Christ in each and every day and each and every moment. I want to show you this real quick, how the Galatians were losing their shape and how it relates with the Holy Spirit. So this is what the Galatians, when they were in the Spirit. Notice that this paper has all its corners, right? So this paper has its shape. Okay? What the Galatians have started doing by trying to go back to the flesh, they were cutting out. They were cutting out the Spirit. They were cutting out the Spirit. What has happened to my paper? It has lost its shape. Right? This was my paper. I began in the Spirit. But now, because I'm in the flesh, I have cut out the Holy Spirit from being the defining factor in my life so that I can grow in Christ and be led to be changed into the image of Christ. This is what happened to the Galatians. That's why Paul was saying foolish. Because if you use this paper and put in a printer, what's going to happen to what you, put on, what you want to print? There will be a paper jam. Okay? Thank you, Samson. That really helps me. There are some of us who are in a, a Christian jam. We are in a Christian... Oh, thank you, Samson. We are in a Christian jam because we have cut out the Holy Spirit. You know how we cut out the Holy Spirit? There are two ways. You either grieve the Spirit or you quench the Spirit. Hallelujah. And when you grieve the Spirit or you quench the Spirit, meaning you put out the Spirit... You don't allow the Spirit to minister and speak to you. You don't allow the Spirit to do His life, His job in you. What happens? You end up in a jam in your walk with Christ. Hallelujah. And that's why a lot of people are starting to go back into the flesh. Because they have entered into a jam because they grieve the Spirit. They quench the Spirit. And now because there is no Spirit, hallelujah, now they are trying to do in the flesh what God never intended for them to do, or intended for us to do. And so we start losing our shape. Hallelujah. What else happens when you try to put this in the printer? So let's say, for example, it, it happens to go through. You won't get everything showing up on what? On the paper. So it will be difficult to read. Hallelujah. And there are some believers who are difficult to read. Hallelujah. Because one time they look like they're in the spirit, they're for God. Then the other time they're in the flesh. So you, 
You don't know when you're going to get what. And so they are difficult to read. Hallelujah. Praise God. But when Paul says walk in the spirit. He is saying I want you to go back to this. Where you allow the Holy Spirit to have full control over your life. Where you don't grieve the spirit. Where you don't quench the spirit. But the spirit has his way. So that now when you put this in the printer, you don't get a jam. Hallelujah. And when you print what needs to be printed out, everybody knows who you really are. That you are in Christ. That you are of God. That you are born of the living God. That you are walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. Why? Because you are allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way in your life. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. So when Paul says, walk in the spirit. He is trying to tell them, I want you to continue in the shape that you need to be able to bring out Christ in you. Hallelujah. Walk in the Spirit. Look what he says about walking in the Spirit. He says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Question, how do you not fulfill the lust of the flesh? By walking in the Spirit. Hallelujah. It is by walking in the Spirit that you will not. Notice how Paul gives the guarantee. He doesn't say you might not. He doesn't say it's possible. It's, it's an 80-20 chance like the weather. He says this is a 100% guarantee that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Hallelujah. And notice that before we talk about the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, we have to talk about what? Walking in the Spirit. Because in 22, I believe, that's when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But he doesn't get to the fruit until he talks about the walk. Hallelujah. So how do you walk in the Spirit? Okay, let's do three things. You can write this down. Number one, find out what God desires for your life through His Word. That's the first stage. Discover. Find out. Get to know what God desires out of my life desires out of your life. Discover. Then number two, what do you do? You delight and you decide to do what you just discovered. Number one, you discover or you find out. Number two, you delight or you decide to do that which God has revealed or which you have discovered. That's number two. Now, delighting has to do with you bending in a God direction. That's what delight has to do with you bending. It only has to do with you taking pleasure. It's about you bending in a God direction. You bend toward that word. Hallelujah. You bend toward it. Like the way a plant, it bends toward the lights. Hallelujah. So you bend toward what God has said. That's his will. Then number three, you depend on the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You depend on the Holy Spirit to now, what? Help you to obey what you just discovered and what you have decided to do. You discover, you delight and decide, and then you depend on the Holy Spirit to act or obey on that word. Or to act or obey that word. Hallelujah. So, 
the life of the Son, Jesus Christ, while on earth, through the lens of the Spirit. Hallelujah. If you look at the life of Christ, you will notice that there are four. There are four distinct avenues where we see the influence of the Holy Spirit. And that is what I want us to look at today. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus is a master copy. Okay, not, the, not a master copy. Jesus is the master copy. Okay? Now, I'm going to go into DNA a little bit. And Samson, I want you to shake your head or nod your head. Okay. Is DNA a master copy of genetic information for a cell? Hallelujah. See, Jesus is the master copy. The DNA of Christ is what the Holy Spirit wants to bring out of us. Hallelujah. So when you read the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all that is who? That's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit bringing out or copying the DNA, the genetic information from Christ and putting it in us so that now we can bring out what? Christ-likeness out of our lives. Praise the Lord. Now, a master copy, there are some documents that you have to have master copies for. Think about some documents. The most important documents have master copies. Like what? Birth certificate. Originals. Hallelujah. Think Things about what? Um, marriage certificate. Originals. You see, you can only make a copy when you have the original. You cannot make a copy of a copy, otherwise that copy is obsolete. So Jesus is the master copy. Hallelujah. So as we track the life of Christ, we get to discover that through him, in him, or in his life, the Holy Spirit was influential. Glory be to Jesus. Because the work of the Spirit, one of the jobs of the Spirit is to conform us to the image of the Son. S-O-N. That's Romans 8.29. So that he can be what? The firstborn among many brethren. How does the Holy Spirit do this? He does this by changing you. Hallelujah. He changes me to bring Christ's likeness out of me. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18 says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now we all with an open face behold as in a glass the image, the glory of the Lord and are being changed into that same image from glory to glory even by the Spirit of the Lord. It is the Spirit of God is a transformational Spirit. Hallelujah. But you see, when you don't walk in the Spirit and you choose to walk or live in the flesh, you end up with management instead of transformation. Hallelujah. Because the job of the Spirit is to change me, to bring out Christ's likeness out of me. But when you don't allow the Spirit to have His way, you end up with managing. Now, a few weeks ago, or maybe a week or two ago, I had a cold, a, very, a, a bad cold. It wasn't nice. But then Apostle sent a remedy. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what it is. Maybe you have to ask me later what the remedy was, but it wasn't really nice. Okay? But it worked. Okay? So I took it, and it did what? It changed. It changed me from a cold, and I got well. 
But then, about a week later, I messed up and I got into the rain. So when I got into the rain, I got rained on and soaked. Samson was there with me when he got soaked that day, you remember? We got soaked, but I got sick again, okay? Now, the remedy was going to be the same. But you know what I did this time? This time, I went back to taking halls. You know what halls is? Halls is a cough suppressant. Halls does not eliminate the cold. It suppresses it. Okay? So what it does is, I take the halls, because the halls is sweet. You see? Is the person watching? <laughs> oh, she's not watching right now. <laughs> so, the remedy she gave, it went in, it was strong. Let's call it strong when it went in. But it works. Okay? But the horse is sweet when it goes in, but it doesn't heal. It doesn't take care of the issue. It just suppresses it. So I pop in a horse. I don't cough for a while. But you see, here's the thing. Nobody knows when the cough will show up. But when it shows up, I can't stop it. Hallelujah. You see, when you walk in the flesh and don't allow the Spirit of God to change you, you suppress some things, but you have no idea when that curse word is going to come out. You have no idea when that, when, when, when that, that, that spirit of whatever it is, what is it? Bitterness is going to pop up again. That jealousy, that offense is going to show. You have no idea because why? You've been suppressing. Instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to do what? To transform. Hallelujah. So you know what I had to do? I went back to the remedy. And some of us need to go back to the remedy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when I went back to the remedy, I'm here today. I'm here today able to minister. I'm not even worried about when is the cough coming so that I can be ready to, to you know. <laughs> like, no, not now, not now, not now, not now. It's not now, we're in church, not now, not now, not now. I'm with my friends, not now, not now. I'm in my, I'm in, I'm in my house, not now, not now. You see? But when the Spirit of God is allowed to have his way. You won't have to worry about, will this thing show up? Because now the, the DNA has been copied. And he's bringing out the genetic information of joy and love and peace. And he's bringing out self-control and long-suffering. All these things are coming out of you because the fruit has to have a seed. Hallelujah. And so because he has copied Christ's DNA in you. Now you're not worried about what's going to come out. Why? Love is going to come out. Joy is going to come out. Why? I am under the control and submission of the spirit of the living God. Someone give God praise in this place. We are not thinking about suppressants anymore. We want transformation right now. We are not looking for managing right now. We want transformation right now. And the spirit of God says he will be the one to transform you into the image of Jesus. Hallelujah. That is Christ's likeness. Glory be to God. Let's look at Jesus and his life in the spirit. Let's begin with number one, born of the spirit. Jesus was born of the spirit. You can find that in Luke chapter 1 from 26 to 38. And there we find the angel Gabriel visiting Mary. And when angel Gabriel visits Mary... He comes with some news. He says, Mary, you are blessed and highly favored. 
Mary, you have been, you have found favor with God. And Mary is stunned and troubled by the greeting. And then Gabriel continues, do not fear. And he says that you will have a son. His name will be Jesus, the son of the most high God. And he will give him the throne of his father David and Jacob to sit on that throne forever. And Mary gets to a point where she says, how can this be? How can this be? Because I do not know a man. You see, Mary is still in the natural, wondering how is this going to happen in the natural? Hallelujah. But I love what Gabriel, Angel Gabriel says. You know what he comes back with? He comes back with the Holy Spirit will come over you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Hallelujah. Because the answer to the how in the natural is the who, who is the Spirit of God. Praise Jesus. You see, when you are wondering how, it's because a lot of us are trying to make sense of things in the natural. Hallelujah. But when we, when we go above the how, and we get to realize there's a who, who is above the how. Then we can go from, how can it be, to Mary saying, let it be unto me according to your word. Hallelujah. I know some of you can testify that there was a time when you were wondering, how will it be? How will this and this happen? How will this and this come to pass? And then God showed up. God showed up supernaturally. God showed up in a way that you were not expecting. Because the answer to your how is a who. Hallelujah. You've heard that word they say, where there's a will, there's a way. Scratch that. Where there's a how, there's a who. Hallelujah. And that who is the Spirit of God. Glory be to Jesus. There were some times earlier this year when we were trying to wonder sometimes in our home, how will it be? But I can tell you after eight, nine months of the year, I have not been talking only about how. But every time there has been a how, a who has stepped in and has shown himself faithful and has made provision and has been good and has shown himself faithful and has shown himself loyal and has come through when we didn't know what was going to happen. Hallelujah. If that is your testimony, I want you to give God praise that where there was a how, I saw a who and the name of the Lord is my who. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. The Lord is my portion in the land of the living. Praise be to Jesus. Mary is told don't worry about the how it's not about the how it is the who and when you get the who then you can submit then you will submit because Mary submits and when Mary submits and believes she conceives hallelujah and a lot of us we are yet to conceive what God wants to bring out of us because we have not yet gotten to a point of saying, let it be unto me according to your word. I'm still stuck in the land of how can it be? How will it be? How will it happen? But I want you to graduate from the land of how into the place of let it be. Because you know a who that is greater than your how. When Jesus told his disciples, I am going back to my heavenly father. I'm going to prepare a place for you in John 14. Thomas asked, we don't know where you're going. How are we going to know the way? How are we going to know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, 
the truth and the life. You see, the how is not bested because there's a who. Hallelujah. You see, the how is the way you're looking in the natural. But who is when you step into the spiritual. Hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. Glory be to God. And so Mary is, comes under the submission of what God wants to do. And you understand that this was going to be tough. Hallelujah. Because in those days, to show up pregnant when you know no man or when we're not married was a problem. It should be a problem today. It should be a problem today, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know. But in those days, it was bad to the point where even Joseph wanted to put her away. But Mary stood because she knew what she heard. Are you willing to stand with what you heard God say to you, even when others are ridiculing you? Hallelujah. When others want to put you away. When others want to say, no, it's not possible. Hallelujah. Can you believe that with God, nothing shall be impossible? Praise Jesus. So Jesus is what? He is born of the Spirit because Mary submits and she brings forth a son. The name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And we also, when we get born again, when you are born again, that is what? Being born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Guess what Nicodemus said, asked? How? He started with how? Because he's thinking naturally. Do I have to go back to my mother's womb? You see, the natural. Anytime you're thinking how, you're thinking naturally. But when you step into who, who, then something else takes over that is greater than your how. Hallelujah. And Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Hallelujah. And if you have accepted Christ in your life, then you are born of the Spirit. The seed of God is in you. That's what we're told in 1 John. Hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. John 1, 12 and 13 lets us know what happens when we are born of the living God. Hallelujah. For as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons or the children of God. Remember, Jesus was Son of God. Now we are given the power to become sons of God. Hallelujah. So now we need to see how the son did it. So that now we as sons can also be able to do it. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And he says, he gave them power to become the children of the sons of God. Those which are born, even to them that believe, which are not born of blood, or of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. Hallelujah. So you are born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God dwells in you if you have accepted Christ as your personal Savior. So number one, he was born of the Spirit. You also are born of the Spirit. Someone say, I am born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now let's go to number two. And this is what I want us to read. Luke 4, verse 1. Full of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit, full of the Spirit. That Jesus was not only born of the Spirit, he was also full of the Spirit. 
Let's go to Luke chapter 4 from verse 1. We're looking at the life of the Son through the lens of the Spirit. That's why Jesus said, I'm going to send you another helper in the book of John. Because he knew that we would need the Holy Spirit. And when he says another helper, he's talking about of the same kind as him. That's why the Lord is the Spirit. Okay, Luke chapter 4 verse 1. And Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And Jesus, or then Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan. Now, what happened at Jordan? That's where he was, what? Baptized. And when he got baptized, something happened. The Bible says that the heavens opened. Hallelujah. And a dove descended and it lighted on him. And then a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hallelujah. That was the confirmation of who he was. Praise be to God. That was confirmation of who he was. Because John was told that that is what you will see to let you know that he is the one. This is the Messiah. Praise Jesus. So now coming from the Jordan, the Bible says he came from the Jordan full of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And if the Son needed to be full of the Spirit, and I don't want to use, I'm using the word needed lightly, okay? I'm just trying to show you in his humanity. Because he was, he was coming to identify with us. To show us, this is how I want you to live. You see, walking the Spirit is the principle. Jesus is the example of the lifestyle that we get to see walking this out. Hallelujah. So now, he is full of the Spirit, coming from the Jordan. And if the Son, S-O-N, capital S-O-N, was full of the Spirit, how much more should we small SONs or children of God need the filling of the Holy Spirit. This is why Paul says in Ephesians 5.18 Be ye filled with the Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine because wine is the world's way. The Spirit is God's way. Hallelujah. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, thank you. Did you, who brought this? Thank you, Beatrice. Awesome. Thank you. Now, okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for thank you for the warning. Now you tell me. Let's call this flesh, right? If you are full of this, where are you gonna? Where is the Holy Spirit gonna come in? There is no room. There is no room. For the Spirit of God to come in. Okay? So what do we need to do? <laughs> we need to do what? Empty. Empty. Hallelujah. Because it is the thirst you have that attracts the Spirit to fill. Hallelujah. The thirst you have attracts the Spirit to fill. Hallelujah. So when you come, to the, when you come empty and you say, fill me up. There is room. But when you come full of the flesh, talking about fill me up, there is no room. Hallelujah. 
So when it comes to being filled, you have to come thirsty. I'm thirsty for you, Jesus. I'm thirsty for you, Lord. I'm thirsty for you. I'm thirsty for your living water to come over me. Hallelujah. And that thirst is what now the Holy Spirit now comes into you. Hallelujah. So there has to be a desire. Now when you are thirsty, you take this, right? And it fills you up because you are thirsty. But if you are full of water and you see more water, you're not interested in it, right? Hallelujah. See, when you are empty, when you say, okay, I'm, Lord, I'm emptying myself of me. More of you, less of me. Or even none of me. Hallelujah. That draws, draws from that well of the Spirit to come in and fill your life. You know why you need to be full of the Spirit? You need to be full of the Spirit because the only way you can be led by the Spirit is if you are full of the Spirit. And the only way for you to walk in the Spirit is if you are led by the Spirit. Okay? So being so walking in the Spirit requires being led by the Spirit, which requires being full of the Spirit. Hallelujah. That's why we see the next thing we see is that Jesus is what? He's led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, when you get born again, the Spirit of God, yes, He dwells in you. Okay? But being filled is different. Okay? There's the indwelling and then there's the filling. Okay? Being filled has to do with you desiring to come under the influence of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. To be directed, to be led, to be instructed, to be governed, for Him to have His way to replicate the DNA of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, in your life. No matter what, no matter come what may. Hallelujah. It's laying myself at the altar and saying, Lord, here I am. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, that which you want to bring out of me, that which you want to bring out of me, that which you want to birth out of my life, I am submitting myself under your will, under your rule, under your spirit to influence me and to have his way in my life. Hallelujah. And then the next thing we see, number three, led by the spirit. Now this is where things get a little dangerous. Hallelujah. Where does the spirit lead Jesus? To the wilderness. Think about it. From the Jordan to the wilderness. Think about that. The Jordan has what? Water. The wilderness has what? No water, right? <laughs> and the Bible says that Jesus went to the wilderness full of the Spirit. He went to a place of low to no nourishment, physically nourished spiritually. I'm going to repeat that again. He went to a place of low to no nourishment physically, being nourished spiritually. Hallelujah. And when you go into spiritual battles, because we're going to see this is a battle. When you go into your spiritual battles, because a lot of times when you go into your spiritual battles, the Satan will come against you in the place of where you are malnourished or have no nourishment to attack you in the spirit. 
You know what he does? This is what he does. He wraps the spiritual battle in a physical situation. Okay? But if you are not discerning, that's why you need to be full of the spirit. So you can be able to discern the wiles and the tricks and the snares of the devil. Because he will wrap up a spiritual battle using a physical situation. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says that Jesus was hungry. There was nothing wrong with being hungry. He was in the wilderness. Hallelujah. But what I like about this is that even though he was hungry physically, he was full spiritually. And when you go to fight the tempter, and when you go into a spiritual battle, you want to go, if you are physically hungry, that's okay. But never go spiritually hungry. You want to go spiritually full. Hallelujah. Because what you are full of is what you will draw from. Hallelujah. What you are full of is what you will draw from. So now we see in the book here of, of Luke chapter 4, we see that now there is this confrontation. The tempter comes to Jesus. Hallelujah. Remember, Jesus is what? The master copy. The last time there was a master copy was who? Or an original was who? Genesis. Clue. Genesis. Adam. Hallelujah. The last time there was an original was Adam. Because if you read the genealogy in the book of Luke, you will see that Adam is also called the son of God. Hallelujah. So Adam, that's why there's the fast, first Adam and the last Adam. Who is the last Adam? Jesus is the last Adam. And then there's the first Adam. Hallelujah. So now the first Adam, he fell, right? That's why we are told in the book of 1 Corinthians 15, 22, in Adam all die. Why? Because sin entered into the world through Adam. Why? His DNA became replicated in everyone who is born after Adam. But here's the good news. Yes, in Adam all die, but in Christ all live. Hallelujah. That's the first Adam and the last Adam. So Satan is thinking, now I'm going to deal with the last Adam the way I dealt with the first Adam. This is just a sequel to the movie that I've been handling all these years. But he is in for a rude awakening. Hallelujah. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were in a garden. And they got kicked out into the wilderness. Thorns, prayers, difficulty. That's wilderness kind of life. But Jesus went into the wilderness so that he can bring us back to the garden. Where there is fellowship in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5 verse 1, having been justified by faith, we now have peace with God and access into this grace by which we stand. Hallelujah. This is why the Spirit was leading Jesus to the wilderness. This was staged. This was staged. Hallelujah. This wasn't by accident. This is staged. And I'm wondering whether the Spirit of God also had some unfinished business. That's why he led Jesus there. We're going to get it this time. Because I was wondering... You know, wasn't Adam, didn't Adam have the spirit of God in him before he fell? Because God blew in him. But he didn't use what? He decided to go flesh instead of spirit. And because he went flesh instead of spirit, the DNA of sin got replicated. Hallelujah. But now the spirit of God said, we won't get it this time. So he leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. 
Notice, he led him to the wilderness for a specific purpose. To be what? He knew he was coming. He knew the tempter was coming. That is why you need to be full of the Spirit, because the Spirit of God knows the tempter will come. Hallelujah. And so when the tempter comes, he comes thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm going to deal with it the same way. So he comes with food the same way he came with food the first time. Hallelujah. But now Jesus, instead of going flesh, he goes spirit. It is written. Hallelujah. Or should I say, he took with him, Ephesians, Ephesians 6, 17, he took with him the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. And when you take the sword of the spirit into your battles, hallelujah, the spirit of God will back up that sword with the power of the spirit. Hallelujah. And it will cut up the enemy. His deception, his lies, and his tricks get cut up. Why? Because the Holy Spirit uses the sword of the Spirit to overcome the enemy of the believer. The same way he used it for Christ to win the battle. Hallelujah. Now notice that Jesus was the Word. He is the living Word, correct? But he used the written Word. He spoke the written Word. He wanted to show us that this Word, when it's backed, by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, that's why you need to be full of the Spirit. So when you draw the sword, because you can draw the sword. If you draw the sword with no spirit, nothing. And I don't know whether some of you have been drawing the sword, but there's nothing. The reason why there's nothing is because there must be the Word and the Spirit because the Spirit gives life. Hallelujah. So when you're full of the Spirit and you draw the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the Holy Spirit comes by and backs it up. And now the power of God is manifested over the enemy in your life. Hallelujah. So Jesus says, it is written. He deals with him from the Spirit. And we have to deal with your enemy from the Spirit. Hallelujah. Notice that Jesus, he had the Word he was the word, but he still spoke the word. You see, it is not the word you know. It is not the word you store. It is the word you speak. Hallelujah. That the Holy Spirit activates. That's why Mary had to say, let it be according to that word. So the Holy Spirit can get activated. And Christ can be conceived. Hallelujah. If we read the book of Genesis chapter 1, you will see that the Bible says that the earth was dark, formless, void, all these things. But before God said, let there be, the Bible says the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You know what the Holy Spirit was doing? Was waiting. Give me, give me the word, God. Give me the word. I'm ready to change this chaos into order. Give me the word. I'm ready to change this, this darkness into light. Come on. Come on. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. The Spirit of God went to work on the word of God that was released. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I don't know if Apostle remembers, but at the time she preached about Elisha. That there's a time the Shunammite woman had a has, she had a son, but the son died. And and Gehazi was Gehazi, and, and then the woman went to Elisha. And Elisha saw her. He sent Gehazi back, but he sent him with the staff. And when Gehazi put the staff on the child, nothing happened. Hallelujah. I remember Apostle saying, That is the word with no life. Hallelujah. That's the word with no spirit. Hallelujah. But then Elisha had to come. But when Elisha came, that is the word and spirit. And when there's word and spirit, there's life and the son came back to life. Hallelujah. 
You see, Jesus is showing us that when you are full of the Spirit, wherever you end up and you're in a battle, if you draw the sword of the Spirit, while you are full of the Spirit, the Spirit of God will work on the word that you speak. Hallelujah. To bring to manifestation the victory and the breakthrough that is needed. Praise be to Jesus. Oh, what a mighty God he is. Hallelujah. Jesus also did this because he wanted us to know that this word, in the power of the Holy Spirit, is able, is tested, and it is true. Hallelujah. Now, none of you in this room are holding yourselves up on your chair. Nobody's holding themselves up trying to levitate. I don't know if this chair is going to hold me. So I'm going to try to. Nobody's doing that. Why? You have tested it and it is true. Hallelujah. It has been proven. Jesus proved this word in the wilderness. Hallelujah. I'm, in a, I'm not in the wilderness right now, am I? But the word can, will work. Hallelujah. Jesus proved that in a, in, a, in, a, in a bad place, this word, as the Spirit of God backs it and you speak it, you will see power. Amen. Hallelujah. Because after Jesus dealt with the enemy, the Bible says, and he left him. Hallelujah. That's why James says, resist the devil and he will flee. You know how you resist the devil? The word, but being full of the spirits. Hallelujah. That is the missing piece a lot of people don't have. And that is why you are finding word, but no life. Hallelujah. But I'm praying that you're going to desire to be filled with the Spirit. So the next time you say, it is written, something will come. Because the tempter came close. You see, the sword of the Spirit is when you're in close balance. Hallelujah. Stand right there. Hallelujah. And he comes and says, okay. <laughs> okay, you're going to ask me. You're going to be the tempter. Okay. Now the tempter comes. And he comes close. And he says, if God really loves you. If God really loves you. Mm-hmm. If God really loves you, you wouldn't be going through this right now. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Tempter. If God really loved you, mm -hmm. you would not be going through this right now. Okay. Now I'm, I'm caught up now. Because I know what I'm going through. It's bad. Okay? It's yeah. tough. I'm hungry. Okay? I'm going through stuff. But now I have a choice. Am I going to go flesh like the first Adam? Or am I going to go spirit like the last Adam? Well, you decide. Which one do you think is better? Spirit. Spirit, right? So now what do I say? I pull out with the sword of the Spirit backed by the Spirit of God. I pull out Jeremiah 31.3. He has loved me with an everlasting love. And then I go, and then I, and then I go New Testament. <laughs> Romans 8, right? Nothing shall separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And as I, I speak that word and release that word in the power of the Spirit, the Spirit of God goes to work on my enemy. It's not me working on the enemy. It's the Spirit of God in me that is working on the enemy to bring victory in my life. Hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you. That's why you can, you want to desire to be full of the Spirit. Praise be to Jesus. The Spirit gives life. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Praise be to God. Jesus was full of the Spirit. Then he was led by the Spirit. And he overcame his enemy in the wilderness. Hallelujah. If you are spiritual, if you are physically hungry, if you are going through something right now, I want you to desire to be full of the Spirit. So that when the tempter comes to tempt you, 
to get you to try to do something that God has not authorized. If you are the son of God. He is the son of God. Hallelujah. If God loves you. No, he loves me. Hallelujah. And you can stand because you are full of the spirit of God. You're not wavering, wondering, oh, is it this, is it that. You can stand on the solid ground because the Spirit of God is giving you the legs to be able to stand on that word. Hallelujah. Now let's go to number four. The last one. Empowered by the Spirit. Because the Bible says, verse number 14, and Jesus returned in what? I'm still in Luke 4, verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. He returned in the power of the Spirit. Him being in the wilderness did not take away the fullness of the Spirit that he was in. Hallelujah. The enemy's temptations did not take away the fullness of the Spirit that he was in. He returned in the power of the Spirit. He went in with power and he came out with power. Why? Because he relied on the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And if you rely on the Spirit of God when you go through, because you went in full, you will come out in the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Notice he was full, but when he came back, it was power. Praise Jesus. And now we see what happens in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now let's, let's jump because of time to verse number 18. Because Jesus opens the book when he comes to Nazareth. And he ends up in Isaiah 61. Now Jesus did not do what a lot of us do and read the Bible, right? What do a lot of us do and read the Bible? We just, open, we just say, okay, whatever opens first. That's not what happened here. <laughs> so I don't want you to think that this is, this is a strategy for Bible study. Just Okay. <laughs> you don't want to do that because you might not like what you get. <laughs> There's a man I heard who tried to do that. And then the first thing that came that he pointed on was, uh, and Judas hanged himself, or Judas killed himself. <laughs> and he said, okay, I don't want that. Then he opened again, he says, go and do likewise. <laughs> He's like, oh. I don't want that, okay? So this is not this is not what happened here, okay? This was intentional. Okay, the same way it was intentional to go in the wilderness, this was also intentional, okay? And he says, verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, meaning he has empowered me because he has anointed me, that's the power, to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed or empowered me. Now, Jesus did not come back. You see, Jesus came back in the power of the Spirit. Now, the power of the Spirit was great enough for him to conquer Rome. Hallelujah. But look at the people that Jesus says he has been empowered to go to. Number one, there. Number poor, right? Number two, the broken hearted. Number three, the captives. Number four, blind. Number five, the oppressed or the bruised. I want you to notice that where the Spirit of God wants him to go and begin the work. He doesn't go to the throne. He starts with the least of these. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God empowers us so that we can go to the least of these. 
Hallelujah. So that we can do the God glorifying, the Christ glorifying work that advances the kingdom. Because this was about what? Advancing the kingdom. Hallelujah. And where there is a church, a people who are interested in advancing the kingdom, they will be empowered by the Spirit. Hallelujah. This Christ glorifying work is what we see happens in Acts 1.8 when the Bible says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Because remember the work of the Spirit is to bear witness of who? Of Christ. So if you are, we are a people who are bearing witness and the Holy Spirit is bearing witness, we are attracted, there's an attraction that is happening and now you get the power to do the Christ glorifying work that advances the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to finish in the book of Zechariah chapter 4 from 1 to 9. This is where I want to finish here. I want to show you this God-glorifying work, how the Holy Spirit empowers to do Christ-glorifying work. I want to finish here with Zechariah 4 from 1 to 9. I'll give you some time because I went Old Testament. I went to the prophets. And here is going to finish. Let's read. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep and said unto me, What do you see? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it, and his lamp, seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said to me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone, or capstone, thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of his house. His hand shall also finish it, and you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. Empowered by the Spirit. Zerubbabel is working to build the temple. He is doing a work to advance or glorifying God. A work to glorify God. Hallelujah. But we see there's a mountain. I don't know if you've been doing something for God and you come across a mountain. Hallelujah. I don't know what Zerubbabel's mountain was. But maybe it was all the rubble they had to go through. Maybe it was lack of financial resources. Maybe it was because now that the work was getting longer and longer, there were less people available to do the work. Have you noticed how everybody's excited when something starts? Yes. You start a prayer meeting, everybody's there. You start doing something, everybody's there. But as time goes by, what happens? Ah, people start dropping off one by one. Hallelujah. People start, you know, all kind of stuff. But before, oh, we in this. We're all up in it. We're in it. But then over time, but let me tell you something about God. God never intends to not finish what he starts. He who began a good work in you 
will complete it until the day of Christ or perform it until the day of Christ. God intends to finish what he starts. So when Zerubbabel gets to a point where he's been building and building and building, now there's a mountain. People are tired. There's opposition. There's an obstacle. I love what happens. Because I want you to know, when there's a mountain, there's a word. Wherever there's a mountain, there is a word. And when the mountain showed up, a word showed up. Hallelujah. I know people in Jesse, you can testify that there were times when mountains showed up. But then a word came. Hallelujah. And we got victory because the mountain became a plain. So when the word comes, Zechariah is asking, what is this? And he says, this is what I want you to see. That this is the supply and the overflow of the Spirit of God that is going to empower Zerubbabel to finish the work that has begun. Hallelujah. And if you are there and you're dealing with a mountain, I want you to understand that even though you're finding this obstacle is high and tough, not by power, not by might, but the Lord is saying it is by His Spirit. Hallelujah. So that now when you're wondering how, by the Spirit of God, He will empower you to finish the job. Praise be to Jesus. Because the Bible tells us here that now Zerubbabel can look, now, now you can look at the mountain and say, oh, mountain, who are you? Hallelujah. You see, before the mountain was intimidating me. Before the mountain was talking to me and saying, what, what do you think you're going to do here? You have stopped. You are done. But now when the Spirit of God gets on it, and the Spirit of God comes in, and the power of the living God comes, now I can talk to my mountain. Now I can tell my mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Because I'm no longer operating in human power. Not by power, not by might. But now I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. You mountain, you will become a plain. Hallelujah. And I don't know what mountain you're dealing with. If you are full of the Spirit of God and you want God to fill you and empower you, it's time for you to start to say to that mountain, you are about to become a plain. Hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. And the Bible says that it shall become a plain and he will bring forth the headstone. See, the headstone was the last stone. The headstone was the stone that said, we are finished. Now the prophecy goes forward and says, before you finish, I see the finish. Hallelujah. And because God has seen the finish, he gives power to get to that finish he has seen. Hallelujah. And so he says, you're going to put it up and they're going to be shouts saying, grace, grace to it. You know why? Because when you come and you finish, you will realize that this is not because of what we did. It is because of what God has done. It is by His grace that we have come this far. It is because of His grace that we have reached the end. You will testify and say, grace, grace, because you know it is God who has accomplished and finished this work. Hallelujah. So there's the mountain, there's a word. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You will finish that work. You will finish that work. God is going to give the power needed to finish that work. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. That is the word of the Lord. Praise Jesus. Born of the Spirit. Full of the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Empowered by the Spirit. This is how we walk in the Spirit. Praise Jesus. That is the life of the Son through the lens of the Spirit.
Praise be to Jesus. Glory be to God. Lord, we magnify in this place. Lord, we lift up your name in this house. We thank you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. Wherever you are, let's start to glorify the name of the Lord. Let's start to worship the Lord in this place. Let's start to magnify our God in this place. Let's start to declare his name in this place. Let's start to declare the name of the Lord in this place. There are some of you who have a mountain, but I'm letting you know right now that the hands that started it, like Zerubbabel, those same hands are going to finish it in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to know that that mountain, it's time for you to say that mountain. Who are you, oh mountain? You are going to become a plane because the Lord and his spirit is with me in the mighty name of Jesus. It's